The idea is just to get our minds and our attentions thinking about our neighborhoods, thinking about where we live, thinking about who our neighbors are, um, thinking about what's happening, what are the stories that are being told in our neighborhood, and how does a group of people like us showing up at a place like this affect the life of our neighborhood? Does it? Should it? How should it? What does it mean for us to follow Jesus and also be present in our neighborhoods? Or follow Jesus as we're present in our neighborhoods? Or follow Jesus so, therefore, we're present in our neighborhoods? So we started with these questions tonight around neighborhood because we're in the middle of this learning journey this summer called Pirate and Salt, exploring what it means to follow a resurrected resurrected Jesus into a life that is stronger than death. Not just preparing our life for our death, but living now in such a way that the radically abundant life that we find in Jesus is extended into every nook and cranny of our life. So in our cubicles and in our commutes and in our parks and in our playrooms and in our restaurants and in these really quiet moments that we have when no one else is around. That every nook and cranny of our life, we are extending this life that we find in Jesus into those spaces. So this summer we've been asking about how these common practices that we share together in a place like this and that other people in places similar to this or places dissimilar to this, these common practices that churches do, how these common practices shape us as people of hope and people of courage and people of peace and people of conviction in and for the world around us. So we're talking about... Tonight we're talking about Eucharist, we're talking, last week we talked about singing, we talked about prayer, we talked about just the very idea of church and what does it mean to gather as a community of people. In a couple weeks uh, we're going to be talking about the scriptures. So these common practices, how do they shape our life together for the work that God is doing in the world? Um, I grew up going to church, um, not all of us did, and fewer and fewer people around us actually are, uh, but I grew up going to church and at the church that I grew up going to, uh, we would celebrate communion. Uh, about once every month or so. It didn't feel like it was super regular. Some weeks, some months it seemed like we just missed it. Um, and because it was so infrequent, it was, at the same time, it was both special and interesting. It was like a curiosity of like, ooh, it's going to be a little bit different this week. Um, it was special and it was interesting and it was also unusual and a little bit strange. It was like the message I received as a kid was like, take this tiny piece of a stale cracker and take the smallest cup of juice that you have ever seen in your life and remember Jesus. Like, that's kind of a weird thing. A tiny piece of cracker and those tiny little cups that have one purpose in the world. To serve tiny portions of grape juice and to help people remember Jesus. It's great. I'm not knocking that form of practice. It's wonderful. Uh, but I have a hunch that when Jesus told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me, he wasn't inviting them into a half-hearted, occasional, tiniest meal ever kind of celebration. He had something else in mind that wasn't just like every six weeks we bring this table out with a nice tablecloth and fancy gold or fancy silver-ish. Not actually gold or silver. They're whatever the shiny materials are that we have. Um, I don't think that was exactly what Jesus was thinking when he said, do this in remembrance of me. Because as we look at the stories of Jesus, as we look at the Gospels over and over again, Jesus is inviting his followers to live into the full reality of God's kingdom here and now today, to align And to shape their lives around the interconnection of loving God and loving our neighbors or loving God by loving our neighbors. To trust that life in God's kingdom is the good life that makes sense of the image of God that's imprinted upon each and every human being. So when we take a piece of bread and we dip it in the cup, it's not 
it's not a reminder of how bad we are and how Jesus loves us anyway. That's not what it's about. It's a reminder of the fullness of God's love that's put on display not only in the saving death of Jesus, but also the saving life of Jesus and the saving resurrection of Jesus. The way of life and the way of resurrection that Jesus embodied. And then said to everyone around him, Hey, follow me. Imitate me. Live your life in such a way that makes sense of the abundance and the hopefulness of God's kingdom in the here and now and in the forever and ever. Sometimes uh, the Christian story gets told in such a way that we think, like, Jesus was the man, in like the colloquial gender-inclusive sense of the man. Jesus was the man, and we're all just trash. But that doesn't make sense of how Jesus actually spoke to the people who were following him around. When Jesus talked to his followers, he said stuff like, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In one of the other Gospels, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And we're like, I can get around that. Jesus is the light of the world. We'll write songs about that. But Jesus says to his disciples, his followers in Matthew, you are the light of the world. Jesus says to his disciples, you will do greater things than I ever did. And then after Jesus vanishes and leaves his followers to like keep up the good work, guys, Paul writes to a community in Corinth who centered their life around Jesus And Paul says this to this community of Jesus followers. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. You're the body of Christ. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You'll do greater things than Jesus. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you, a part of it. So when we break the bread, symbolizing the body of Christ that's broken for you and broken for the world around you, It's in some strange way inviting and it's involving us into God's work in the world. You and me and us and all of the other people who meet in the morning instead of in the evening or all the people who meet in some other space in some other time zone or a lot of people who don't show up anywhere on Sunday. The body of Christ broken for the world around us. Given as a gift, the salt of the earth the light of the world, for the lost and for the lonely, poured out for many, for the stranger, for the neighbor. And as often as you do this, Jesus said, remember me. As often as you do this, remember me. Remember my body. Remember the body of Christ, which is given for the world. Remember this thing which you are now a part of, Remember this thing which gives itself for all that God is up to in the world. Remember this. Do this. Participate in this. Participate in this kind of life, this Eucharist-patterned life, body broken, blood shed for the sake of the world. The body of Christ, the body of Christ broken for the world. Often, do this often, As often. Do this as often as you remember me. Not just quarterly. Not just monthly. Not just every week when you happen to show up at Open Door. But do this often. With every step. With every breath. The life of Christ for you. The life of Christ for the world around you. The body of Christ for you. The body of Christ for the world around you.
on earth as it is in heaven, in the Bay Area as it is in heaven, in the East Bay as it is in heaven, in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood, in our neighborhoods as it is in heaven. So we're thinking about Eucharist. We're thinking about what it means to live in our neighborhoods as part of the body of Christ. This thing, this gift given for the sake of the world, given for the sake of our neighborhoods. What does it mean that we're part of our neighborhoods? What does it mean that we live where we live? What does it mean that we roughly live in proximity to other people who are also asking questions about what it means to follow Jesus in our neighborhood? What do we hope for our neighborhood in light of all that? And what's our role in it? We're going to take a few more minutes and again ask questions that are way too broad and big to actually answer, but again to try to provoke some imagination around what does it mean to follow Jesus in our neighborhoods? What does it mean to, to tonight receive Eucharist and then go into our neighborhoods? We're all headed back to our neighborhoods. What does it mean to be part of the body of Christ in our neighborhoods? So there's three more questions on the sec- lower half of the sheet that you have. Uh, ask some of those questions. Talk about some of them with people around you. Uh, let those things provoke and stir things in your heart, in your minds, in your imagination.